She's Lisa, a web designer and developer who's addicted to coffee and allergic to doing dishes. He's Jesse, a podcast editor who's addicted to video games and allergic to vegetables. And this is Company Inc., a podcast about love at work. And welcome to episode 15 of Company Inc. And today we are going to be talking about the decision to look for a job. A job. Yeah. The job search, like a nine to five working somewhere else desk job with a commute and uh, co-workers and all that great stuff. So co-workers of the non-furry kind. Yeah, I guess, you know, our current co-workers are each other and the dogs, but they don't really do much. No, they just nap all day. They're They're pretty uh, useless. They're they're good for morale boosts. Yeah. They keep it interesting. But we're not talking about that type of job. We're talking about a real job. How many times have you heard that in your career? Oh, my God. It's like one of my big pet peeves. When are you going to get a real job? Oh, my God. Like your business isn't a real job. Yeah. All right. So we're going to talk about all the stuff that kind of led to this decision. So the first thing we're going to talk about is when we discussed... Which we would rather do, grow your business or start a brand new business, which would be mine. Yeah, so we went back and forth a while on this. <laughs> yeah, we did, for sure. Um, we were talking about, since I was an employee of yours, and... Contractor. Yeah, contractor. I mean, you were paying me to do yeah. work. But you're right. I, I guess you, that that is the incorrect terminology. I wasn't an employee of the business. Right. It wasn't like I was getting a paycheck from you. Yeah. Um, I ha- well, I, I have to be like, you were a contractor because as soon as you say employee in any context, then that's that brings in a whole host of other issues. Mm-hmm, and right. It's like. You know, when you start. You know, that's why we we went with the contractor relationship. Yep. Because it keeps things simple. Yeah, right. I would just send you an invoice for the month. You would pay it. Done. Right. There wasn't any there wasn't any other strings. There wasn't any other anything else to figure out, you know, like when it came to taxes or anything like that. I was just responsible for my taxes. You were responsible for yours. And that was it. So, yeah, that made it very easy. So I was a contractor. and um. We got to a point where I believe it was the first famine cycle yeah. where we were like, okay, we need to figure out a way to bring in some more income just so we can maintain what we're currently doing. And not have to worry so much about these famine cycles. Yeah, exactly. And the choices were, we can grow your business. That sounded like a great option because. You're already established. You had been in business for what, four, five years? At that point, yeah. At that point? I think it had been five at that point, I think. Four or five. Yeah. Close enough. (laughs) It's in that range. The bottom line is you were established. Right. You had contacts. You had work coming in. You were getting inquiries. You know, your website was a place that 
people knew about that they could go if they wanted website stuff, blog stuff. And so it was like, okay, can we take what we're already doing and scale it up? Right. To reliably continue to bring in enough income for both of us. Correct. The other option was to start my business or to take the time that we would have put into expanding your business and start something totally new. At the time, I think we both agreed that that was more of a gamble. Right. Than expanding your business since you were established. Because we didn't know what kind of income you could bring in with your business. We didn't know. Yeah, there was no way to tell how it, if it would have taken off or if it would have struggled. And then we might have been regretting spending all that time. And it's like, oh, I only have a couple clients. Well, that's that helps, but it's not supporting us both. Where if we took the time to pour our energy into your business, we could see greater gains right. from that. And that seemed like the right choice at the time. And I mean, I will kind of disagree with the choice actually now <laughs> in hindsight, even though in my mind, it does, it does still sound like the logical choice to me. It does. But I kind of wish, and I mentioned this in a previous episode, I kind of wish I took the time to do, to put energy into my own business to have that going as well. Because we underestimated the importance of diversifying our income streams. Yes, that's all, man. That's a great way to put it. Which we, you know, we definitely had taken that into account. That was the whole reason that we even considered putting time into building Jesse's business. But as we said, well, if we have this other completely separate income stream that has absolutely nothing to do with Lisa's bit or referring to myself in third person, whatever rock <laughs> my business, like then it, you know, we're protected from the ups and downs of my business because we have a second business that isn't related. Mm -hmm. Right. It was just that, initial gamble of getting everything started and I think for me personally I had already been through that once so knowing what would go into it oh yeah you had been through it me yeah it's it was like you'd have to do it all over again mm -hmm. you know even though you know once it got going it would be up to me to run it but you knew what it was like in those early days you know, you knew the struggle. And um, yeah, in your mind, it just wasn't worth it. And in my mind at the time, it made logical sense mm -hmm. to not go down that route because it was a gamble. So now I would say. Kind of wish I did kind of kind of wish I pushed a little harder for it, kind of wish I took my own time and did more. Um, Just because, like you said, you put it. That was a great way. We underestimate, under, underestimated, I can't talk today, underestimated diversity amongst us. And so, okay, so we went down that road and the road of growing your business. And then we come to this year and we haven't diversified 
And guess what? We hit the famine cycle again. And it's bad this time. It's real bad. And, uh, you know, it was, it was time to, it was time to talk about it. And I don't think our options. (laughs) Yeah. It was time to consider our options. And I don't think either of us, I think both of us knew, but neither of us wanted to talk about it, but it was, you came to me Mm -hmm. and like, I could feel it coming. Like, it was like, I knew as soon as you said, do you have a few minutes to talk? It was like, I knew. But, and you said, go ahead. What did you talk to me about? My anxiety. Yes. My anxiety as being the sole breadwinner at that point just had come to a head. Yeah. So these things, these previous episodes that we've talked about, these were all taken into account when it came to this decision. All those things led to this. We kind of knew that, you know, another famine period was was coming up and you know me as this whole breadwinner i'm i'm looking at it and trying to figure a way out of it and like the stress was just really starting to eat me up like i was getting to the point that i couldn't focus on what i needed to do that day because i was too worried about what I needed to do to prepare for the future. Yep. And it got to a point where you were saying, you know, you, you just said you couldn't focus. Right. So on that, on top of trying to figure out how to make more money with your business. So maybe we could skirt around this decision. Well, you couldn't even focus on your regular responsibilities. So how were you going to also, at the same time, figure out a whole new way to do things? Like, come up with a great idea to boost some more, you know, get some more income flowing in. You know, when you're so worried about the current situation, you know, I think the last thing that you're going to be is creative. And trying to experiment. Absolutely. And on top of that, like, even if you were to experiment with some stuff to see if it works, we were in a position where the pressure to make sure it worked was too high. Mm-hmm. It was almost unfair. You know, because you'd have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. What if you what if you stepped out onto a ledge and tried something and it didn't work? And then What if I was counting on that experiment to work and I hadn't been looking for a job, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh boy, what a wee bitty up a creek. You know, you could have gone through putting some services on your website. Like, I don't even know what it would be, what you would even, what you would have even tried, but I'm sure you would have updated the website and you would have told the world and blah, blah, blah. And I would have been like, oh yeah, that's going to work out. That's going to be great. We're going to be fine. And then it didn't. Oh, shit. Mm -hmm. We are in trouble now because we just spent two months that I could have been looking for a job betting everything on this new idea. Mm -hmm. And guess what? It didn't work. It's like, well, I hope you enjoy living in a hotel because that's where we're going to be. Okay, it wasn't that bad. 
But still. Um, <laughs> we wouldn't be living in a hotel. We'd be like, no, we wouldn't be living in a hotel. <laughs> like, who can afford that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That's expensive as shit. <laughs> so that's how we made the decision. That that day was it was a sad day. You know, we were, I think for both of us, we it was just had it was to kind of like, hash out the different options, and and this was the one. I mean, it's super secure. It's the obvious choice, and like I, I mentioned it, I don't know how many times at this point, but that actually was the original plan. If it didn't work out, I would go back into IT, and like I said, I've said it a million times, but now it's actually happening. Mm-hmm. That was the plan. And that plan is in effect at this point. So that day I decided to look for a job. I think it was within the next couple of days I put out my first resume. Mm-hmm. But that day was a hard one for me. I know it was a hard one for you to have to tell me that because I know, I know that you know that, you know, really the last thing I wanted to do was go back into the workforce, a regular workforce. Mm-hmm. You know, those however many years of being out of the workforce and being able to work from home and with you and stay here. And I was able to cook dinner and, you know, I didn't feel like my time was so, uh, what's the word? You know, I used to, I used to be a miser with my time because I felt like I had so little of it to myself when I had a day job. So I used to overvalue it. Not that you shouldn't, you know, value your time. You absolutely should. Time is the only thing we can't get back. Um, but I was like really stingy, really stingy with my time. And I've told Lisa that I might go back to that because having that day job like changes my outlook on life. And I haven't had that for years and it's been great. I, I can't even begin to tell you how my quality of life just improved, how I would, I was in love with that life. Well, now it's gone. So. But there's always pros. I mean, there's I could be sad all I want, but I know my like my logical brain is saying this is the absolute right choice. It's going to make everything easier. This is the next thing on the docket. We're going to talk about the pros and cons Mm -hmm. of getting a salary job versus running a business. And I was already getting into it before I even said the topic. Yeah. So, (laughs) I mean, the pros should be obvious to most people you're getting an hourly rate or you're getting a salary you know a yearly salary and you get paid if it's a full-time job you're working 40 hours a week and you're getting paid every week every other week benefits benefits is a big one benefits so you're getting that steady paycheck which oh boy we really love stability in this house and we really (laughs) needed it because you can kind of in a business, you can kind of create that salary for yourself in a way, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I, I do try to do that for myself by all of my income for my business goes in my business bank account. And then I transfer the same amount, you know, at a regular period to my personal bank account. So that is like having a salary. But. You know, I am constantly aware of what's in that business bank account, whereas, you know, when you're a salaried employee, 
mm-hmm. you're not looking at what's in the the business's bank account. You're just you're receiving those checks and you're not worried about, you know, if the income is going to be there for that check to be written mm-hmm. or at least hopefully you're not. I mean, I, I have worked for a nonprofit before where that was a concern, like sure. our, our is our paycheck going to bounce this week? Oh man, I <laughs> but... can tell you at the end of those college days, at the end of my last job, we were getting like little warning signs from HR. Now, mind you, I don't think these were company wide. I was very, very good friends with the HR on campus and the corporate HR person. And so they would kind of tell me privileged information. They probably shouldn't have told me, but they knew, you know, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to yell it from the highest mountain, but, and they never said anything concrete, but there was like hints that there may be a delay in our paychecks because they didn't have the money in the account. That's when I really started freaking out about trying to get out of there because I was like, it's only a matter of time. We could come in tomorrow. There's going to be chains on the doors. And that's I mean, that that is a con to. Having or a salary job is, you know, we have this idea that it is more stable, but it's not necessarily. Yeah, I mean, I guess there are more there's I'm sure there's more stable jobs than it just depends on where you're working. Yeah, it really it really just depends. Like if you work for the state in a state facility, chances are you're going to be there. That shouldn't really go away. Yeah. You know, but uh this career college that only had five locations uh that was being managed piss poorly. Yeah, they went away. <laughs> they uh they they mismanaged themselves into oblivion. So, yeah, I mean, I guess that's a con, but I th- I can't really see that happening too often. You know, it just it happens. Well, and my then... my stepdad experienced that with WorldCom, where the upper guys were embezzling all this money or however the hell it went down, and everybody got fired mm-hmm. and everybody lost their retirement, and those guys screwed thousands and thousands of people. That was a big company yeah. that went down, and it was. Because of their illegal activity. Yeah. I don't think that salary jobs are as stable as they once were. People aren't. Mm, I can agree with that. You, you know, our our grandparents stayed in a job. Oh, God. For, for 30, decades. 40 years. Yeah, and, and retired from that job. And that just doesn't really happen anymore. You know what also doesn't happen anymore? You know why they stayed at those jobs 30 to 40 years? Because those companies appreciated them and compensated them for their tenure and their time. Companies don't really do that anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, granted, I don't think people really stick around with companies anyway like that anymore. Yeah. Because as far as I see it and like things that I've read online, you know, really the only way to move up it used to be you'd get into a company you hear stories of people oh i got in at the mailroom now i'm a vice president you know that doesn't happen now these companies don't promote from within like they used to 
Back then, you could start at the ground floor, in the basement, and then rise up to the penthouse. I really don't think you can anymore. And that's why people today, like millennials and people my age, you know, mid-30s, late-30s, they jump. They go from one job to another, and that's how they're making ahead. Because they won't jump unless they're getting, you know, maybe 10, 15, 20% more in their yearly salary. Mm -hmm. And they'll do it every year. Like I hear, I got stories from the headhunters that I was working with, how some people jump jobs every single year just to get more money. Wow. And it works because these companies want these talented people, you know, and it's like they don't really look at. Says, oh, you've been at your your last three jobs. You only spent there, you know, you only spent a year. They don't care. They want the work now. So they'll hire you. So it's kind of, it's, it's a, it's a crazy thing. You're not going to hear the, you know, when these people get older, you know, us and the people a little younger than us, when we get older, you're not going to hear about these people staying at a company for 40 years. Mm-hmm. You're just not going to hear that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's. That kind of life, that kind of work life doesn't exist anymore. At least I don't think it does. You can prove me wrong. If you've been in a company for like 15 years, let me know. Because that's cool. As long as that company's treating you right, you know, as long as they keep throwing you raises and giving you promotions and challenging you and it's not, you know, sucking the soul out of your body, then cool. Good for you. So... The other thing is, like you mentioned, taxes. Taxes mm-hmm. are a huge consideration. Oh, yeah. Huge consideration. Because anybody that knows you've been in a desk job, you get your little W-2 or your W-4, whatever it is, for your federal taxes. And you put your allowances and blah, blah, blah. And they automatically take out taxes for you. So whatever you get is what you get. And you pay a little bit over time over the year. And it's not just that. The company pays half of your taxes on your behalf not the taxes the social security and medicare portion okay well you you know more about that than i, I do because i did the research um <laughs> so but for the for the whatever the percentage is yeah you're responsible as an employee you're responsible for less than you are the self-employment tax is a lot higher. Yes. When people talk about the self-employment tax, which is a real thing, they're talking about the other half of the Medicare and Social Security money that you owe the federal government. Okay. So when you are with a company and you are getting a regular paycheck, you are only responsible for 7.5%, something about that. 7.5% of your check will go towards that. What you probably don't know, because I didn't know, I just found out recently, is that the company itself pays another 7.5% on your behalf to Medicare and Social Security. So when you are no longer a, uh, a, an employee of that business or any business and you are self-employed, guess what? You are responsible for both halves. That's the self-employment tax. The self-employment tax is the full 15.4%. That's, that's what it is. So they take 7.5, 7.5 something, you know, they take 7.5 for the initial half. Your self-employment tax 
is another 7.5 and something percent. Yeah. So not only are you responsible for making sure that anything that you earn, you're saving a portion of it for taxes, but you're also paying more in taxes than you would. Correct. Otherwise. Yep. You got to pay your federal income tax, your state income tax, and then you have to pay that Medicare and Social Security too. But instead of being 7.5%, now it's 15. Oof. Oofa. That's a difference. Yeah. That's a big difference. So let's see. What else? What else are the pros and cons? You know, the stability of just having a job. You know, I mean, really, once your benefits start getting taken out, once your taxes start getting taken out, I mean, unless you have a bunch of days off that you're not getting paid for, you know exactly how much money is going to be thrown into your bank account every other week. And you can count on it. Mm-hmm. You can count on it until you lose that job or you quit or yeah. something happens, you know, and just having that security can be really nice for some people. And I'm sure that's why some people do the nine to five, you know, granted, they may not have any business sense or any ambition to want to, you know, start a business or get out of the workforce. So maybe working behind a desk is all they know or whatever they're doing. But some people thrive in that too. Some people want to be the corporate man. Some people want to climb the ladder and, you know, be Joe CEO. And that's awesome. You know, good for them. Be a salary man. It's cool. If you like it. And especially if it's in a field. Salary woman. A salary. Oh, sorry. The term has always been salary man, but that's right. That's wrong. Should be salary person. So. Yeah, it's okay to be a salary person. Especially, like I was saying, if you're in the field you're in. You do if, you. If you like what you're doing, yeah, you do you. I mean, I think that's what's the most important thing is, you know, whatever allows you to do the work that you enjoy doing um, and gives you the lifestyle that you enjoy. So if... Mm, that's a good combination. You know, I mean, and I don't even think... I don't even think you have to love going to work every single day. Oh, many people don't. I I don't think, you know, I think we kind of put too much emphasis on doing work that you love, like following your passions and whatever. But right. like, you know, when you're doing when you're doing work every single day like it's you're not gonna love it every single day that's just how it is like it's just not you know it's not gonna be something that you love every single day and then you start to kind of feel like maybe something's wrong with you when you're like god this sucks but it's supposed to be something that you love you know i i think that can kind of get in your head sometimes Mm mm-hmm so, I mean, I really don't think that there's anything wrong with doing work that you just simply don't hate. Yeah, right. That you simply, you know, that you you show as long as you are happy with your overall life. Mm-hmm. That's what's important. Yeah. I can agree. Whatever with that. that looks like. I can agree with that. You know, there is that old saying, you know, oh, if you if you do work that you love, 
You'll never work a day in your life. I don't agree with that. I mean, there's something to be said about that phrase, but you know there are going to be days where you're just not in it. Yeah, I, I mean, don't as agree much, with that at as all. Much because as they're... you love it, there's just going to be bad days. Yeah. There's just going to be bad days. So. You're going to uh, wake up one morning and be like, I just don't want to work today. Yeah. Yep. I don't care how much you love what you do. There is going to be a day where you'd rather not be doing it. And here we can add this to a pro of running a business. If you wake up one day and you have that feeling and you run your own business, if you can get away with it, maybe you don't work that day. Yeah. Because you're not feeling it. Yeah. When you have the day job, they don't care what you feel. You better show up to work or you're going to get fired. Mm hmm. You know, you could wake up at 730 or however early you're waking up to get to work and be like, man, I'm not feeling it today. Now, some people have the luxury of having, you know, paid time off or sick days and you can call in and be like, yeah, I'm going to take a mental health day. Some places will even be like, oh, OK, good. Yeah, sure. No problem. You got the time off. Yeah, you don't get those when you're a business owner. That is true. But you do get to choose. Yeah. Like some people do. Some people work really, really, really hard. And they have no choice. But to maintain their business. But some people are lucky enough to wake up, be a business owner and go, eh, I'm not going to do so much today. Mm -hmm. And I think even on those days when you tell yourself you're not going to do you're not going to do work, you probably end up doing a little bit anyway. Yeah. It's just not as much as you would on a normal when you're kind of into it. Yeah, day, absolutely. You know? So and I think the last thing that we should bring up before we end the episode is benefits. I know you mentioned it quickly before, but um, yeah, you business owners out there, you know how it is. Some places it have sucks. Yeah, some places have better options than others. But we're in Oklahoma. We have a option. One. Oh no, they added one other one oh, to the marketplace. They did. They just added one this year. <gasps> we have competition. And that's the only reason that Blue Cross didn't jack their rates up again this year. They well, that's yeah, that's we've been having our Blue Cross Blue Shield rates go up and up and up and up for like the last two years, Mm, three or four, I think. Yeah, Uh, they just jack them up every year because they were the only ones in the state. How they allow that to happen, I don't know, but they were it. And believe me, we did our research. Because we were getting hosed by health insurance payments. Hosed. Yeah. When I started, when I started my business, I had manageable health insurance payments. Yep. And I had decent health care. Yep. And. Both went down the drain. Payments went up and the care went down and it was like, oh no. Yeah. And it was right. Like. Blue Cross became an, a monopoly on this bar, got, gained a monopoly on this market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, somehow. And the government allowed it. Somehow. I don't know what happened, but. Don't know they... what. Everybody pulled out of Oklahoma. Everyone except Blue Cross. It's and un- as soon and, as and that happened, go. they just kept going up and up and up. Yeah, it's like as soon as they figured it out. It's like, oh, well, we're going to put our push our premiums to the maximum of what we can get away with. And they did or they tried. But I mean, they they did go up. 
were they also had some kind of lawsuit, I think. In, because of the in monopoly? Or? No, it was some customer service issue or something. I don't oh, remember. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah, vaguely. Vaguely. But, yeah, not, not good times in, uh, in Oklahoma for that. So then you compare that to the, uh, the job that I recently got. I'd have, I have gotten an offer at this point, and I am starting a real job. And it's for the state of Oklahoma. I'm actually pretty excited about it. And every time I tell a person, yeah, I'm going to be working for the state. I'm going to be a government employee. People go, oh, man, the benefits. I know we so got his benefits good. package and I like almost started crying. I was like, I have not seen health insurance this good. Oh, my goodness. Like, in a long not time. Only is it, not only <laughs> is it good, the state helps you out so much with the payments for it that it's like. It's like a miracle. It's like Christmas every day it's insane. <laughs> with, with the benefits. It is it is insane to go from. Having to deal with this Blue Cross individual plan health insurance where we're paying just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, almost a thousand dollars a month for this health insurance to get this state insurance, which I'm not going to go into the details, but have it be like, wow, what a difference. Yeah. It was like, we get to keep all that money. That we were were throwing at health insurance? Holy moly. Are we rich now? No, we're not rich <laughs> and wait, now. Wait, I but get to go to the doctor and I don't have a copay? <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, one of the biggest things that we saw was there was no deductible on any of the plans. There was just no deductible. I mean, right now. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, is this correct? There's no way. No way. Right now, we have like the crappiest health insurance plan. Oh, and it we is pay- the worst. Like, uh, it's a marketplace plan. Well, we, we pay like a percentage or something. I mean, we don't even have a copay. So when we go no, to the doctor, yeah, it, yeah. we have it's to like pay a percentage. Like, it's, it could range anywhere from like, I think 50 to 150 bucks just to show up. It's like, oh, yeah, there was no copay even on it. It's crazy. So that's a big difference. That's a big pro to going to any company, really. Having it be a state job is really just the sugar on top. I would have gone to any job that I, you know, wanted that was paying enough and I felt like I could do, you know, it just happened. This the state job just happened to be the one. And boy, is it. It's uh, the benefits are cushy. I don't know how the job is yet. I actually have not started it yet. Started it. I actually have not started the job yet, so I don't know how cushy the job is itself. Could be a nightmare. Who knows? They didn't make it out to seem like a nightmare, but you never know. I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> but um, but yeah, getting... So just to kind of recap, I've got this job, so now I have the steady paycheck. I have these benefits that actually start in like two weeks. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. They just, I mean, they take you in as an employee and they're like, yeah, we're going to take care of you. Here's, here's, there's benefits after two weeks. Here's the great salary. Here's, you know, we have 11 federal holidays that we take off on top of like three weeks of paid time off. And it's like, holy moly. Like I couldn't, I, I did not imagine 
that when I went back into the work for workforce that I'd get something like this. And it's really helped with my sense of my overall well-being, my mental well-being with having to go back into the workforce because I really didn't want to do it. But th that's kind of softening the blow like, oh, man, this this job is actually pretty good. Mm -hmm. And I haven't even worked a day yet. Just going through the stuff, you know, so I got the paycheck. I got the benefits. I got the paid time off. I just have to spend, you know, nine hours a day outside of the house and uh, be on call 24 seven. But that's OK. <laughs> that's all right. That's actually not that bad. It's it's I'm sure it'll be just fine. So, yeah, I'm excited to start. Everybody I so. met was really cool and great. So wish me luck on that. Yeah. By the next time. We'll have some changes in our household coming. Yeah. We got some changes coming up and um, yeah, we have and the uh, mixed, mixed income. Yeah. From mixed income. We have a business in the house and me working a regular nine to five. So, yeah, it should be interesting to see how it all kinds of plays out. And uh, we'll be talking about that later on once we get, you know, more familiar and comfortable with the situation. Yeah. But in the next episode, we are going to talk about, since I just mentioned that I actually did get a job. So we went through the decision making. Um, You know, I guess it's kind of spoilers for the next episode that I actually did get a job. I'm going to put him in the hot seat and interview him. Yes. We're going to talk about the job interview process, how we went from the decision and I went, OK, we're doing this to getting on the job hunt. That's all what it's going to be about interviewing and resumes and oh god we'll talk about it it was it's it's actually not fun to <laughs> it'll be fun to talk about nah, really <laughs> it's, uh, it's it, it'll be fun to talk about but man i'm glad it's over so we'll talk about that next time you got anything else to no, add i think i think that just about wraps us up cool well thanks for joining us and we will see you in the next one see ya Bye bye